St. Joseph's Health presents another edition of its podcast, St. Joseph's Health MedCast. Every month is stroke month. Stroke is the number two cause of death worldwide and a leading cause of long-term disability. Every 40 seconds, someone in the U.S. has a stroke. The faster the stroke is treated, the more likely the patient is to recover. So let's learn more with Dr. Craig Montgomery, a neurosurgeon, and Dr. Fahad Sada, a neurohospitalist. Dr. Montgomery, I thought we would start with you. Let me ask you this. What is the national certification from DNV GL Healthcare certifying St. Joseph's Health as a primary stroke center? Tell us about that. So that is a a series of criteria uh, whereby St. Joe's is given a certification that we have a coordinated care for treating patients that would show up at our hospital mostly through our emergency room for the treatment of stroke. That is a really important certification. So let's turn to stroke now, Dr. Sada. So what are the symptoms and how can we recognize stroke? What should we be looking out for? Uh, Great question. So uh, stroke is defined as uh, a sudden loss of uh, neuronal function in the brain. Uh, Some of the terminology that uh, we typically use uh, are a cerebrovascular accident or a brain attack, as if someone uh, is having a heart attack, sudden onset chest pain, but this is instead of that, it's it's a brain attack, sudden onset uh, neurological uh, deficits. These include or can include headaches, sudden onset visual disturbance, weakness of uh, the, the arm or legs, sudden onset dizziness, vertigo, numbness, tingling sensation, and, and uh, the most uh, important is uh, sudden onset of uh, uh, speech and language abnormality. There's a, an acronym that we use, ACT uh, FAST, which uh, stands for F uh, for any facial abnormality, A for arm weakness, S for speech abnormality, and time. Time is of the essence. It's really important to get evaluated right away. So FAST is something we all should know. F for face drooping, A for arm weakness, S for speech difficulty, and T for time. Time to call 911 because speed is important. And Dr. Montgomery, can you explain to us why speed is so important when it comes to stroke? So um, as uh, Dr. Sada alluded to, this is very similar to a heart attack, but we call it a brain attack. And so in that situation, just like in a heart attack, when the heart or the brain, so our, for us a brain attack, is starved of oxygen and nutrients, which happens in a stroke, you start losing the potential for having permanent damage to the nerves and to the brain, and that may not be recoverable. So the sooner that we recognize a patient having a stroke and the sooner we get them to a center or even begin to address treating them even before they get to a stroke center, we have the ability to try to save as many functioning nerve cells that we can thereby decreasing the likelihood that they may be left with permanent neurological problems or deficits. Dr. Montgomery, let me stay with you. So it's better to be safe than sorry, I guess what you're saying. If you think someone may be having a stroke, don't delay and wait it out to see if it goes away, right? Call uh, paramedics right away. Is that right? Absolutely. So just like in a heart attack situation, we'd rather have patients err on the side of worrying 
too much and coming to the hospital sooner than later so that we can say to them, no, this isn't a stroke. But if it is, then we can institute treatment in this in the fastest manner, just like we do with heart problems. Right. And Dr. Sada, knowing that speed is important, how do you rapidly evaluate for stroke? And if you could, tell us about the coordination of care on the stroke team. It's extremely, extremely important to have a unified, trained, professional uh, personnel assess the patients in the field. So EMS and EMT providers do a great job in assessing patients uh, for stroke and transporting them into the correct facilities that are stroke certified. So as soon as the patient walks into our doors in the ER, we assess them rapidly for A, the last known well time, B, uh, when did the onset of symptoms begin, and and, and C, the severity of the symptoms. So we do what's called an NIH stroke scale to assess these patients and uh, coordinate the care that they need uh, either here in our facility or transport them to facilities that can provide further care. A stroke, as we know, uh, 10, 15 years ago, stroke was the third leading cause of death in the U.S. Now, because we've established protocols and expanded our treatment time, uh, stroke is the fifth leading cause of death, but it is one of the uh, most common uh, cause of disability. So therefore, uh, it's important to have a, a joint team treating these patients. Once uh, a patient is assessed in the ER, we do a, a what's called a CAT scan of the brain to make sure they're not having a, spe- a specific type of stroke, which is called a hemorrhagic stroke, which is usually present in 13 to 15% of um, acute stroke patients. And if if that's absent, then we can assess patients uh, for the uh, medication, which is called the clot uh, buster medication, TPA, which has got to be given within the first three to four and a half hours at the onset of, of the last known well time. So um, as you can tell, it's the window is extremely uh, uh, narrow. So uh, thereafter, we uh, over the year, over the last year and a half, actually, uh, the treatments have expanded. Where after the medications given, we can uh, move forward and evaluate the patient for what's called from thrombectomy, um, mechanical thrombectomy, in which um, we currently uh, don't have that. Um, uh, technology available here at St. Joe's, but eventually, hopefully, we'll um, be looking forward to expanding our, bro- our program and uh, uh, doing these procedures. Um, if a patient does not require the transfer to a different facility, then uh, the patient is admitted to our facility for further stroke care, close monitoring of their blood sugar blood pressure, and optimizing their secondary stroke measures to prevent uh, another stroke. Um, we have a stroke team that rounds on these patients on, the, in a, on a regular basis, which includes uh, a, a neurologist, physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech therapist, uh, the stroke coordinator, and um, a pharmacist. With speed being so important, 
I can see where that team is very valuable and good to know that progress is being made from the third leading cause of death to fifth. So Dr. Montgomery, before someone has a stroke, what are the factors that create an increased risk for stroke? Some of the same uh, risk factors that we see for any type of vascular problems and the the majority of the most known by the public out there is the risk factors for having a heart attack. So when you have a heart attack, it's the small vessels within your heart that are being attacked by certain things. And so smoking is a major risk factor. Uh, Untreated uh, hypertension is another risk factor. And then problems with our cholesterol and our fats within our blood, their so-called lipid profile. So there's both good lipids or good fats in our blood and bad fats in our blood. And some of this is related to our habits, our lack of exercise, as well as what we eat and also our genetics. And so these are the main risk factors for heart problems as well as for strokes. And so there's a lot of overlap there. Right. Very understandable. So, Dr. Sada, if you could wrap this up for us, now that we know the risk factors, what are things we can do to help prevent stroke? Uh, Yeah, alluding to uh, Dr. Montgomery, making sure patients um, see their primary care doctor on a regular basis, uh, controlling, um, uh, the patient should control their blood pressure, check their blood pressure on a routine basis if they have a diagnosis of hypertension. Uh, We know uh, from previous uh, research that controlling uh, blood pressure alone can decrease the stroke risk in approximately 33%. Uh, in a patient who uh, has um, uh, have the risk factors for stroke. Um, another thing that, that is um, sometimes uh, providers uh, such as ourselves um, overlook is uh, obstructive sleep apnea. If patients uh, have sleep problems, this should be checked by undergoing uh, special testing, making sure uh, blood sugar is well under control. And if someone did suffer from a stroke, to prevent a second stroke would be being on the right medication, which uh, include things like blood thinners. Yeah, that's really important and good things we should all keep in mind as we try to keep our bodies healthy and try to prevent things like stroke happening. Well, Dr. Montgomery and Dr. Sada, thank you so much for your time. For more information, please visit sjhsyr.org. That's sjhsyr.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And check out our entire podcast library of topics of interest to you. This is St. Joseph's Health MedCast. I'm Bill Klaparoth. Thanks for listening.